Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 116 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking at batteries. There have been reports of batteries that have died or need changing at great expense. Uh, plus, we hear a lot about degradation of batteries. What are the myths, and what is true and accurate? This season's podcast is sponsored by Zapmap. Before we start, I wanted to let you know who will be on our round table episode at the end of the season. I've confirmations from Maz Shah, who many of you will know from Twitter, as the guy who tracks the GridServe slash Osprey slash Electric Highway installs on a map, and also posts out the SMMT information each month showing new car sales. We have Sarah Sloman from Elmtronics, a charge point supplier, Pam Barbato from NetZeroAction.org, and Johnny Page from Decarbonize 2030. We've got some great topics to discuss, and it's all out in about five episodes' time. Our main topic of discussion today is batteries, and specifically battery health and some of the myths surrounding them. I was in a conversation recently with someone about EVs. Surprise, I know. We went through all the usual anti-EV arguments about why he couldn't live with one. Well, I won't do 500 miles on a tank like my diesel car, and batteries are created from cobalt mined using child labour. Too expensive to buy, you know, all the usual suspects. And then he turned to me and he said, so what about the guy that had to replace his Tesla battery costing $22,000? Well, this pulled me up a little bit short. I mean, sure, people have had to have batteries replaced. Early Nissan Leafs were notorious for the bad battery chemistry they used, causing heavy, de heavy degradation and low range. Uh, fully charged Robert Llewellyn recently had his 24 kilowatt hour Leaf battery upgraded to 40 kilowatt hour at a cost of, I believe, around £4,000. So what was the story on the Tesla battery? Well, it seems that Finnish Tesla owner Thomas Katainen, Thomas Katainen bought a second-hand 2013 Model S for $30,000 and ran it for about 1,500 kilometres. Error code started to appear on the car and he took it to Tesla, who said the problem was a battery and he would need a new one at $22,000. Incensed at the fact that he would A, need to replace the whole battery and B, pay almost as much as he did for the car, he had dynamite strapped to the vehicle and blew it up. Of course, the mainstream media jumped all over this and the narrative became, look at those electric cars, eight years old and they need a really expensive new battery. But let's look at the underlying facts and see how close they are to the narrative. First of all, Tesla batteries have an eight-year warranty. The car was made in 2013 and the warranty ran out in 2021, so the battery was outside the warranty. Secondly, the car was a 2013 Model S. This was one of the earlier models. Tesla was still working through the right battery chemistry issues and understanding what the life cycle of the battery was. Now, we know from discussions with battery chemist Dr Ewan McTurk that rapid charging a car at high charge speeds can de degrade the battery. So that's, that's one consideration. There's also the heat that is evolved in the cell. Uh, the heat obviously will degrade that cell if it's not extracted quickly. There were some interesting studies recently that showed that you, are, you can actually allow a lithium-ion cell to get really hot during rapid charging as long as you then immediately extract the heat from it afterwards. Now, surface cooling alone is not ideal for that because you're only cooling the surface. If you have a cylindrical cell, we have found with our studies on Tesla-style Panasonic AT650 cells that even just after a 1C discharge, in other words, the current required to discharge the cell within one hour. So for a 3.2 amp per hour cell, it's a 3.2 amp current, 1C. Mm -hmm. Anywho, um, by the time you'd fully discharged it, 
the core temperature through these fancy instruments that we put into these cells was five degrees C higher than the surface temperature. And that thermal gradient from the core to the surface means there's going to be uneven wear, uneven degradation on the cell. You don't want that. At the time, it was possible that this wasn't as well understood. The Model S could have been supercharged 100% of the time to 100% state of charge, causing massive battery issues. We just don't know. Nobody is letting us know the history of the vehicle. But what we do know is that the $22,000 repair bill was for the replacement of the whole battery rather than the replacement of specific battery modules that were an issue. That would have been much cheaper. But what we do also need to do is step back and look at this from two different perspectives. From two different perspectives. One, is this something that's happened to a lot of Teslas? And two, is there an internal combustion engine equivalent? Well, let's address the second issue first. Yes, there is an internal combustion engine equivalent. There are cases on record of people buying expensive ICE cars, running them for eight or 10 years, then needing a complete new engine fitted as the old one has worn out. The cost of a new engine is, I believe, deemed to be around a third of the cost of the new car. So let's take our lovely V8 Range Rover as an example and see how much it would cost to replace the engine in an eight-year-old version of that. Quite a lot. So you can see what I mean. Now, the first issue is a little bit more difficult to pin down. There are literally millions of Teslas and ultimately millions of EVs on the road. How many have had their batteries replaced? Well, the number's not known. I'm pretty sure the number isn't zero. Tesla Bjorn, Bjorn Nyland, had a battery on his Model X replaced after it had done only a few thousand kilometers. And that was done under warranty. But in the real world, Tesla claims that the battery in one of the premium Tesla Model S or Model X cars will retain an average of 90% of its capacity after 200,000 miles. Under the warranty scheme that Tesla and most other EV manufacturers have, they will replace the battery if there's a major fault or if the battery degrades to a specific figure. That figure differs between manufacturers, but it often sits around 75% if you charge at home, stop at 80% and drive conscientiously. You'll lose an absolute minimum of range due to battery degradation. If you only rapid charge using high-powered units and always charge to 100%, your battery will degrade quicker. For more on this, see the battery degradation episode, link in the show notes. Also, there will always be manufacturing errors, the so-called Monday or Friday cars, which come off the production line after being made by people either annoyed at having to come to work after the weekend or excited about leaving work for the weekend. Small issues in manufacturing or assembly cause minor issues that can lead to major problems. All aut automotive manufacturers have them. EVs are no different. However, with electric vehicles, the number of items that can physically go wrong is much, much lower. I'm also sure that if Tesla batteries were dying at any appreciable rate, we hear about it on social media and in online forums. So far, this doesn't appear to be the case. So should you be worried about the Tesla Model S battery that needed replacing after eight years? No. But is it possible I might have an EV that has a battery problem that will need an expensive replacement battery? Well, yes, absolutely. In just the same way as you might buy a Range Rover that has an engine issue or an air conditioning issue or a gearbox issue. It's not an electric car problem. It's a manufacturing problem. But that's where degradation comes in. Now, we've talked about degradation before in our battery degradation episode. But the short version is using your battery will cause it to degrade. As it degrades, the range will reduce. The good news is lots of batteries have a buffer zone at the top that's released as the battery degrades to help keep the range up. The other, the other good news is the battery degradation can be limited by treating your battery well. 
Don't rapid charge it all the time. Don't charge it more than 80% without using it. Try and keep the heat down. Batteries don't like to be hot for too long. Because batteries degrade, EV manufacturers have accounted for this in the warranty and the cost of the car. They know how much they expect batteries to degrade by and will warranty those batteries to that level. Even when you sell your car on to someone else or return it after the lease is finished, it will generally still be under warranty. But if you're buying an EV that's out of warranty, does that mean it will have a bad battery which has limited range and might stop working any day? No, of course not. It means it might have a battery you need to look at and be aware of before you buy it. Use an OBD-C sensor and check out the state of the battery to see what it says. Check that the packs are aligned from a current point of view. Do your due diligence, it's not rocket surgery. One area where there are some genuine concerns is that of batteries in the cold. In Washington DC recently, there was a sudden unexpected snowfall and hundreds of cars were trapped out on the freeway for nine or more hours. Someone posted a tweet saying, imagine what would happen if all of these cars were EVs and ran out of battery. Of course, the trolls came out in droves, many of them blindly listening to what was being told to them without actually questioning what they were hearing. Many of them thought about their iPhones and Samsung devices and realized that, hey, they only last a few hours and they really don't like it when it's cold. Maybe this guy's onto something. Because of course, EV batteries and phone batteries are managed in exactly the same way and EVs don't have sophisticated battery management systems on them to help prolong the life in just such circumstances. Well, actually they do. In reality, the truth is far, far different to what they were thinking. Many people, Tesla Bjorn included, have spent nights sleeping in their EVs in temperatures much, much colder than the snowfall in Washington. Without exception, the cars managed to keep the occupant warm and didn't drain the battery. It doesn't happen. Sure, a car such as mine with a smaller battery would use a proportionally large percentage of its charge, keeping me warm overnight. But even then, I'm confident I could run the heater pretty much all night, not have to worry about being able to drive off the road when it happened. Unlike many people in a fossil fuel powered vehicle who would use considerably more energy in terms of burnt hydrocarbons than I would keeping warm outside in sub-zero temperatures. Even a relatively old car like the Model S which runs on resistive heating rather than a heat pump would only lose about a third of its state of charge in temperatures like that after eight or nine hours. That's in a car with a lot of battery usage over time with a possible degradation as well. When looking at batteries, the other myth that plays into this is that they will randomly explode. Randomly explode. When we had Ewan McTurk on the programme, he categorically shot this one down. Well, for a start, it's surprisingly difficult to blow up a lithium-ion battery on that note. Um, trust <laughs> me, I have tried. <laughs> In fact, uh, a good example of that is, uh, you know, the, the Royal Society Christmas lectures. So mm -hmm. it fell to my old work, actually, WMG, University of Warwick, uh, Warwick Manufacturing Group, a huge department that does a heck of a lot of predominantly automotive research, including battery tech and electric motors for electric vehicles. And the, the year that I was there, well, one of the years I was there, they had to do a piece on a controlled explosion of a lithium-ion battery to show you what happens when it goes wrong. So they did a few trial runs and they, you know, they took this cell, drilled straight through it, and nothing happened. They were like, oh, okay, that's disappointing. We'll make another one and we'll charge it up fully this time. And they drilled straight through it and it didn't blow up. They're like, What's, what are we going to have to do? So I, th I think they ended up overcharging it massively, like really abusing it. I think they probably heated it up as well. And then it caught fire. Uh, but yeah, the, it was a bit of a damp squib the first couple of uh, trials. But that doesn't mean that they're infallible. There have been instances of cars setting themselves alight. Several high-profile cases have been seen on the news, but it's worth remembering that internal combustion engine vehicles also burn. In fact, they explode. 
That's because they're carrying around highly combustible liquids in a tank. Rupture that tank, which usually sits close to the red-hot exhaust of the vehicle, and you're in a world of hurt. But wait, I hear you say. Didn't a load of those Chevy Bolts explode recently? No. They randomly set on fire. It led to warnings from Chevrolet about leaving them inside, and it was traced back to a manufacturing fault in the batteries. Just like the recalls that BMW had recently, where 180,000 one-series cars were recalled because an air conditioning fault could pose a fire hazard. Same thing. Does it mean BMWs are hazardous cars that shouldn't be purchased because they may catch fire? No, of course not. Neither does it mean that all Chevy Bolts are sitting there waiting to burst into flames one night. There are numerous examples of high mileage EVs that have done many more miles than you would expect in the similar age internal combustion engine vehicle. Almost without exception, they've done these miles on their existing battery. Sure, there are a couple that have had their battery replaced, just like my friend Jonathan had two Honda Jazz cars where the engine just stopped working at a high mileage. He chose to scrap the cars because a new engine would cost more than the car was worth. With an EV, you can do the same thing, except the batteries will be worth more than the car as they can be sent to second life applications such as battery storage for houses. Which means that even on an EV with batteries that have an issue, you can sell the batteries onto second life companies and they'll use them to create home storage solutions for people who want to be able to catch the electricity they're generating from their solar panels and use it overnight. Try doing that with a Honda Jazz. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. Now, this was on the Fully Charged podcast recently, so apologies for rehashing this, but I'm quite taken with the idea of the Vertical Aerospace VX4. It's the latest in the stream of EVTOL aircraft, which is electric vertical takeoff and landing, that seem to have popped up recently. However, this is different. It actually looks like a proper aircraft with a fuselage, wings and propeller engines. The difference is that this can take off from a normal helipad. It has 100 times less noise than a helicopter, zero emissions while flying, and it can work out at about a pound per passenger mile for the flight. The business model is for almost a taxi service, and the company is in discussion with Heathrow Airport to provide a 30-minute flight, 13-minute flight from the airport to Canary Wharf, as an example, when certification is complete in a few years. Plus, it currently has over 1,300 pre-orders from companies all around the world, including Virgin Atlantic and American Airlines, who'll use it as a shuttle service to bring passengers in from places like New York City and downtown Chicago to the nearest airports. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK. Use it to search for available chargers, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other EV drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use with subscription plans for enhanced features such as using ZapMap in car, on CarPlay or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, please consider contributing to become an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? If you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings, ko.fi.ko-fi.com, and you can do just that. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent, and it's a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. 
Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words batteries, exclamation mark, hashtag, if you know, you know, nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, he fancies himself as something of an explorer, getting out and about in the unknown territory with his electric unicycle. Trouble is, he's at the mercy of the weather. He wanted to visit the Amazonian rainforest in monsoon season to investigate the possibility of running an off-road unicycle race there. A little bit like Extreme E, but on one wheel. Didn't work out so well, though. But yeah, the, it was a bit of a damp squib, the first couple of uh, trials. Thanks for listening. Bye.